I am jumping in here this morning to answer all your questions about starting a podcast. And I am super excited to dive into all your questions. You guys asked some excellent questions. Um, I am honestly really excited to answer these. Um, so if you are catching the replay, type hashtag replay, I would love to know that you're watching. Um, would still love to answer your questions. So if you're listening and any more questions pop up for you, um, just type them below and I will be happy to answer them. I am going to pull this up here. So I'm just going to start at the top here and run through the questions. I have not prepared answers in advance. I am just going to kind of answer these off the cuff. Um, so the first thing, the first question that I want to address, and this is one of the questions that um, has just kind of come up in conversations, is essentially looking at how do I decide if podcasting is right for me, right? Um, because you might have heard that me and Merit Ansa, who is the host of the Devoted Dreamers podcast, um, we are collaborating and co-hosting a beta round of a podcast um, program um, in January. So doors closed for that on Friday. Um, we are kind of getting ready for that, right? Doing our research. This is part of it. Um, and, you know, looking at, you know, is podcasting right for me? Obviously, the program that we're doing is for the woman who knows that podcasting is right for her, right? But I've had conversations with several women um, some women have, you know, ultimately decided, no, I don't think this is the right time for me. I don't think this is the right thing for me. Um, but it is just such a great question and it really got me thinking. So what I would say, if you are thinking about is podcasting right for me, right? Like, is this the right type of content for me to produce? Um, does this make sense for me in my business? Um, and I'm actually going to start there, okay? So I want you to think about where are you in your business right now, right? Um, what goals are you working towards in your business? Are you trying to just, um, you know, I'll, I'll give some examples. So I know, um, hey, Merit, I'm so glad you could hop on. So I know um, Jennifer, so the when I asked all the questions, um, Jennifer gave a great example of, you know, podcasting is something that she's definitely thinking about, but she just got set up with her Instagram strategy and she feels like this just might be another shiny thing right now, right? Like I, I'm focused on implementing the strategy right now and ooh, a podcast sounds really fun. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's probably an indicator that maybe this isn't the right time, right? Like maybe um, it's the case of focusing and really, um, you know, giving the Instagram strategy or the thing that you're focusing on your business, um, really giving that your time and attention. And then when you feel ready to add in a new thing, um, looking at podcasting. Um, another, you know, another example of this is looking at, um, again, the stage of your business in terms of if you're just getting started, um, if you are just figuring out, you know, what you're doing and trying to really get a good rhythm with like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm just trying to like show up in my Facebook group and like you're, you're feeling overwhelmed with starting new things. Um, again, that's probably, you know, an indicator of, you know, maybe this isn't the right time right now. Um, you know, it, it, it really comes down to if you feel like, 
this is a great way to explain it. If you feel like your motivator for starting something new, and this applies to anything, right? This isn't just podcasting. Um, if, if your motivator is you feel like fear of missing out is coming up for you, like this is a thing that I have to do because they said that I'm going to get an ROI, I can't talk, an ROI and um, I'm going to, you know, boost my sales and boost, like you, you get caught up in all the great marketing for the thing that you want to do um, and you're feeling like that FOMO is coming up for you and you're taking action from that place that is not good. Please don't do that. Okay. <laughs> and that's very much not want, not what I want to um, communicate to any of you, right? In this, this podcasting q and I'm going to keep it very real, right? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, podcasting is a labor of love, but if it's something that you know is right, right? When I started my podcast, I reached out to Merit um, and I knew it was the right thing. It was just a matter of how do I do it? How do I get it done, right? And this, um, this program that we're putting together that we're doing in January um, is for the woman who knows that, right? Um, yes, Merit says being focused on one thing at a time is great advice. Yes. Um, another thing I would think about just kind of practically speaking of podcasting and the benefits of it, right? You can think about, um, you know, it's always great to pull your audience and find out like if you're kind of trying to get a feel of, yes, I want to show up consistently and I want to create great free valuable content for my audience, but is podcasting the right way to go? Um, like I said, you could literally pull your audience and ask them, do you prefer live video, recorded video, um, audio? Hey, Courtney. Um, that's a great way to find out, right? Um, another, another thing to consider is just thinking about like, who is your audience? Um, and I like to give the example, um, of obviously lots of people listen to podcasts. Don't get me wrong. But like, if your audience, if you work with moms specifically, um, busy mamas, then absolutely, you know, it would be a great fit for them because it allows them to like actually take in the content that you're creating versus sitting down, um, at least I know this is true for me, right? Like mom, as you guys can chime in too, but I know it's a lot easier for me to listen to podcasts and consume content that way um, than sitting down and watching a video. For one, we don't have internet right now at our house. <laughs> I met my mom's uh, because we moved, but also just, you know, in normal, in normal times um, to actually sit down and be watching a screen, then it's like, you know, my daughter wants to watch something, yada, yada. Um, so anyways, that, that is just, you know, other, other things to consider. And ultimately it comes down to, um, kind of what I said before of like, is podcasting right for me? Um, what is your gut telling you? Is your gut telling you that this is another shiny thing right now that you just need to focus on what you're already doing? Or is it like exciting? Right. And like, yes, this is, this is kind of scary and I'm going to really put myself out there and I'm going to have to show up and use my message or uh, use my voice to share my message. Um, but I think this is the right move, right? And really, um, really feeling it out, right? Okay, so moving on down the list, how much time does it take you each week to run your podcast? Um, and this totally depends. And this is something to just think about again, if you're considering starting a podcast is guest interviews take way more time. Okay. And I love guest interviews. I think, um, for 2021, I actually am going to be not pulling back necessarily, but, um, just kind of limiting them in terms of, um, only doing like one or two interviews a month. 
for a couple reasons. And that is one of them because it does take a lot more time. Okay. Because, you know, when I, um, you know, when I do an interview, I'm talking to that person for an hour, then I have to go back and, um, edit the episode. I'm still doing my editing myself. I know that's one of the questions and I'll get to it. Um, so then I listen to it all again. So that's now hour and a half, two hours. Um, and then my, I do my other stuff, um, to, to push it out there. So, on average, I would say that I spend one to two hours a week with the podcast. It really depends. Like I said, if I am doing a solo episode, it's a lot faster um, because I can kind of edit as I go. Um, if I make a mistake or something, I'll just kind of pause and delete that and keep going. Um, and then I've got my system down in terms of like once I've got my podcast recorded and edited, I just plug in the intro outro that's ready to go. I export the file. Um, I upload it into Podbean, right? I take the embed form. I put it, I duplicate my blog post that I do for my podcast every day. I copy the show notes template over. Like I've got that stuff down so that that's actually really quick. Um, so on good weeks, it's probably only about an hour. Um, so yeah. Um, hey, Jeanette. Great to see you on this morning. Um, and Merritt said, yes, I am totally multitasking right now as I watch this. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Um, what are five, so this question was from Nicola. Um, what five simple tech tools um, can you, you know, recommend basically um, for just getting started, right? So she, she had basically asked me like, I don't need anything fancy right now. I just need to get started. So what are like five simple tech tools to do that? Um, so if we're talking like super simple, you guys, I recorded, um, several podcast episodes I batch recorded yesterday from my bed with my iPhone and these, uh, earbuds. So that right there, your phone and your headphones, um, and a voice note app, like that is a super, super simple way to get started, right? If you don't need anything fancy, um, Merit, what do you use for editing, I don't think I've asked you that before. What do you use for editing your podcasts? I know you outsource them, um, but when you edit it yourself, what do you use? Um, I would love to know if you're still, I think you're still here. Um, so I use, um, I use Adobe Audition, which is a paid, um, paid editing software. Um, so that's not the simplest per se for um, editing your podcast. Um, so I'll wait to hear from Merit in terms of what she uses, because maybe that's a better, better recommendation. Um, another super simple tech tool is Anchor, anchor.fm, I think is the website. Um, that is where I initially hosted my podcast. It's a free podcasting platform. Um, so, you know, that is a really great option. Um, I switched over to Podbean because, um... I realized after I had, you know, already started my podcast on Anchor and I had, you know, all my stats there in terms of like, you know, looking at the downloads and which episodes were most popular. Um, I realized that Anchor, although it's free and it has basically all the features you need, um, it does not have the um, like the SEO friendly stuff that um, other podcast uh, hosting websites do. 
Um, so there are places, um, and this is more nitty gritty um, of like setting up your podcast, but in the back end of setting up your podcast, there's places where you can um, put in keywords, where you can um, choose multiple, you can choose up to three podcast categories um, that your show you know, is a part of. So I've got number one is um, entrepreneurship, number two is Christianity, and then number three, what is my number three? I think maybe just business. Um, and I realized that I could not do that kind of stuff in anchor. And so ultimately I ended up switching over. But again, if you're like, I just want to get started. I want to keep this simple. Anchor is a great option. You don't even need to buy a microphone. You can just, like I said, use your phone. Um, I have an iPhone. I'm sure Androids and other phones have, um, a great, um, just like simple, um, voice note app and then you can record that way um, and what I do when I do that is I will take I'll take the mic um, and I'll just hold it like this because you can actually get really great quality um, right now I'm using this mic um, but if I was recording with this one like I was yesterday um, if you just hold it still kind of close-ish to your mouth then the sound level is um stable, right? So it actually sounds really great. Um, and I actually had a lot of fun recording from my bed um, with my phone. So I'm probably going to do that more because it's just convenient. But um, uh, that is a really simple way to get started. Um, let's see. Merit says, I actually use video editing software called Camtasia. I don't recommend it to newbies though. Learning Audacity free software. Yeah. But the learning curve is rough. Yes. Um, and Jeanette says, I'm using Audacity for the recording, but found it dif difficult to edit with. Interesting. Yeah, and Audacity is the one that I've heard a lot about. Um, I'm actually going to make a note because this is, um, this is totally where I'm, I'm really excited to, for so many reasons, um, to do this program with Merit. Um, and one of them being, like, I know I'm going to be learning a bunch, right? Because there's, there's a certain point where when you're starting something, it's like, I'm just going to like pick something and run with it. Um, but obviously, because we're like putting this program together, um, you know, when we've been talking, there's been things that have come up where it's like, oh, I need to, I'm, I'm going to actually look into that. So I'm going to actually look into, um, in terms of podcast editing, um, I might have to do some free trials or something. Me and Merritt will play around with that and see what the best options are. Um, so that's really helpful to know, Jeanette, that, that, you know, for recording, it's great. Um, obviously it's free, um, but editing, you know, that, that can be a little bit tricky. And that's, again, um, that is why I chose to use Adobe Audition. Um, I, it would be too hard to share my screen. Um, but the gist of it is that it's super intuitive, user-friendly. Um, I pay 20 bucks a month. So there's that. Um, a garage band. Yeah. And I'm going to actually play around with that. Um, just writing this down. So uh, what was I saying? Um, Adobe audition is really easy for podcast editing because all I have to do is I have my sound settings saved. So I've got like, um, you know, the stuff like, um, taking static or little background noises. Like I've got a few different settings like that that I have saved as my sound settings. So whenever I record something, I just click the, the sound file and I click my sound settings and it, it cleans it all up. Um, and it's not perfect. Like if there's other random background noises, I can go in and edit it. Um, but that was pretty user-friendly and so I just stuck with that. Um, 
yeah. So, I, but I'm sure GarageBand is because I know people who use that, um, and that's a great, great option. So I'm trying to think if there's any other simple tech tools um, that I can think of. Oh, Headliner is a great one. Um, so again, you know, the the phone and the headphones, um, and you know, GarageBand if you're a Mac person, Audacity, like there you go. Um, and then if you want to make those fun, um, like audiogram, um, graphics where it's like the, the sound clip, um, headliner, um, what is the website headline headliner.app? I think if you just Google headliner, um, that's a great website. That's what both me and Merit use. Um, I haven't been making the audiograms recently. Um, but those are really great. Um, it's a, it's a free tool, really user-friendly. You get like I think you get like 10, um, 10 files that you can export a month on the free version, which is plenty, right? If you're doing one podcast episode a month. Um, so that there's your five, five simple tools right there to get started without being super fancy. Um, have you seen an ROI with your podcast? I forget who asked me this question recently, um, but it was such a great question. I totally loved it. And I totally wish I could be like, yes, it's, you know, this percentage or, you know, this, um, number specifically, but I have absolutely seen an ROI with my podcast in terms of, first of all, just momentum in my business. Um, I, you know, I've seen growth in this Facebook group. Um, I have seen, you know, clients come in because of my podcast, um, just increased visibility, right. Increased confidence. Like there has been so many ways that, um, I have seen a return on investment in, um, you know, in the the time and energy that I'm putting into my podcast. Um, another thing is I definitely did notice, um, you know, in terms of just when you are a podcaster, um, having more women reach out and say like, hey, would you like to come on my show or we can do podcast swaps and stuff? Um, that is definitely a huge um, benefit of, you know, having a podcast um, and seeing an ROI is that it does, um, you know, it does give you a certain level of credibility, right? And now that's not to say that, you know, it, it, how do I even say this? Like that saying of like, build it and they will come, you know, how people will like put up a website for their business and they're like, all right, bring on the clients. And then they're like, okay, wait, where are all the clients? Like, that's not how podcasting works either. It's not like you put out a podcast and then it just, like, boom, you know, there's a bunch of downloads and, and new subscribers and stuff. Um, there are definitely like strategies to implement. And, you know, just when you give it time, like it organically grows. Um, but there is a definitely, um, yeah, Merit says interview swaps are a great way to network. Um, it does, it does give you a certain level of credibility, because when you have a podcast, and when you're consistent, and you're putting yourself out there, um, you're saying like, hey, I know what I'm doing, right? Like, I know what I'm talking about. And um, it gives you a certain level of credibility in that aspect. Um, let me just go through the comments here. Yeah, Headliner is awesome. Um, Libsyn is integrated with them, so I can push the audio file over there once it posts. Oh, that's awesome. I did not know that. Podbean user over here. See, I learned something new every day. Okay. Um, next question. Let me see. Okay. So how do I pick a name? This was from Kristen. Kristen, you asked so many great questions. Okay. <laughs> how do you pick a name? I would say don't overthink it. Um, there are, of course, strategies to do it. So thinking about, um, 
what is the overall like focus of your podcast, right? What are, what are um, people going to take away from it? Who's listening to your podcast? Um, what kind of podcasts already exist, like kind of in your, um, in your industry, in your niche? Um, how I chose my podcast name was I had this community already. So I, and it was, it was totally a, um, like, I couldn't tell you how I came up with the name presence and purpose. It was just kind of one day it was like, Oh, presence and purpose. So I really feel like it was kind of like a God download thing of like, Hey, here's the name, take it and run. Um, and I know a lot of women who, who feel the same way. Um, Merit, how did you come up with your name? I would love if you could share in the comments. I don't know if we've talked about that before. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're thinking about, um, choosing a name, like you can go very straightforward in terms of, um, I'm sure there's a podcast out there. Uh, you know, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Facebook group examples, um, even though we're talking about podcasts. So like, think of all the Facebook groups that, you know, that are like Christian women entrepreneurs or the Christian women entrepreneur, right? Like there's a lot of super straightforward names for Facebook groups in that sense. Like they're named around who it's for. So that's one option is thinking about, you can choose a name. You're on your second name. What? I did not know that. All right. Well, share your first name and tell us how you came up with them. I would love to know. Um, so you can choose the name based on like your listeners. So like Christian women entrepreneurs, um, you can, or like Merit, um, her podcast is called Devoted Dreamers, right? So that's like the name is based on the listeners, right? Like it kind of creates an identity for them. Um, or you can choose a name that is more based on, um, you know, explaining what the podcast is about or explaining um, like the benefit that they're going to get. So like, what is that going to allow them to do, if that makes sense? Um, Merit says Momentum was the first name, but it probably wasn't searchable so people could find me. Interesting, Momentum. I love Devoted Dreamers. And I love like what I just said in terms of like your name, Devoted Dreamers, like creates an identity for like they're becoming a part of the Devoted Dreamers community, right? Um, that's so interesting. I feel like maybe you did tell me that before. I'm trying to remember how I came up with Devoted Dreamers. Naming things is my nemesis. <laughs> And see, I love, hey, Jennifer, I love helping women name things, right? So like, if you're going to be joining us in the um, podcasting program, like that is my jam. Like, and, and it's so funny that Merritt said that because when I'm naming my things, I'm like, I don't know. Um, but when I'm helping other women, like I love to name things. I love to come up with taglines. Like those things just come to me and it's easier for some reason, um, when I'm, when I'm helping other women with it. So that's so funny. Okay. Um, how do I decide what to talk about? Oh, such a great question. So I have talked about, um, you know, this in, in many past podcast episodes, um, about like looking at your messaging as a whole, basically. Um, so if you're really stuck on like, how do I know what to talk about? Right. Um, the first thing to do is to go back and look at your messaging and make sure you're, you're clear on basically like, what do you want to be known for? That's always the, the question that, um, I have my clients and, you know, community start with is thinking about, um, what is the thing that you want to be known for? Um, and then when you think about what, um, what that entails, like what are three to five, um, content pillars or messaging pillars, content buckets, 
um, that kind of capture that, right? Um, so that's going to give you a really great starting point because then once you do that, um, once you have those three to five categories, you can then start brainstorming, right? And just do a brain brain dump, um, get out a pen and paper and write down all the things that you can think about of, um, you know, and I'll give examples from my business because that's easiest for me, like how to find your ideal client, um, how to choose your social media platform, how to build your brand, um, how to find your voice. Like, you know, I can start listing all these ideas that I have um, and then I can, I can put them in the different categories and stuff. And it just helps me see like, these are all the ideas um, that I've come up with. This is how they make sense in the different categories. Um, and, you know, I, I think because, you know, Kristen asked that question, what, how do I decide what I talk about? And I think there's, there's different ways that we can get hung up about it. There's, there's the logistics of like, like I just said, like the content ideas, like how do I come up with content ideas? Um, and I, I just share that. But then there's also just like, I, I find that there's often like a mindset aspect of that or mindset component in terms of getting hung up on like, but I have to say the right thing, right? And and um, you you don't need to worry about that truly. Um, it's, it's about really embracing like, this is what I have to say about this topic. Um, I don't need to compare myself to what, you know, I, me, Natalie, I don't need to compare myself to any other brand strategist out there. I'm not going to go listen to what she's saying to, to compare it to what I'm saying to make sure, right? Like, it's about trusting um, what you have to say. Um, so I feel like there's definitely those two things that come into play there. So many comments. Okay. Um, I think the simpler, the better for naming, especially if you aren't doing something totally RC. Yes, totally. And, you know, like you're communicating um, anything to do with communication, like um, what is the saying? Um, clear is kind. I love I love that saying clear is kind. And so exactly when you're choosing a name, um, just be simple, be straightforward. Like that's that's why I said don't overthink it as the first thing, because it's like if there's an idea that that comes into your head um, I think that's probably the best thing to do, right? Going with your gut and, and, you know, I'm always here for feedback and merit is too. Um, but yeah, keep it simple, right? Like that's the point is don't try to make it fancy. Um, and that really goes for anything messaging wise, content wise. Um, I definitely need help naming things. I get stuck on the name. Yes. And you will get our help, Jennifer. Um, yeah, the, the naming thing, and it, it's things like that where it's like, it's so easy to get stuck there. And so that's kind of the point is like, choose a name, you know, it's not the end of the world if at one point you end up um, rebranding and changing the name of your podcast. Um, I mean, Merit did that, right? I know so many podcasts that are on their second name, like they started with a name. Um, and as they grew and evolved and their business did and their podcast did and they got more clear on like the focus of their podcast or the listeners what they really wanted um, then they were able to change that and yeah I think Esther's Christian women leadership podcast is sheer brilliance because no one wonders what it's about exactly and that's the um that's the beauty of choosing something that's super clear right my my podcast name is not super clear like that um but there are so many that are you know uh, I know there's, there's a podcast called like the personal branding podcast or something like that. Like if you choose a name like that, like the Christian wellness podcast, the Christian health coach podcast, like something like that is so clear. And if you have something like that and it's not taken, like 
that's amazing. Go with it, right? That's what we're trying to say. You don't need to make it um, something super fancy. Naming things is my problem too, yeah. Somehow it's easier when someone when it's someone else's baby pet, etc. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what do you want to be known for? It is a great question. Um, do, do, do. Clear is kind, yes. Hey, Monica, just joining. Did you talk about equipment technology yet? Um, I did answer, so I'll share what I just said. Um, you can survive and thrive a rebrand. Yes, exactly. Um, so did you ask a tech question, Monica? I'm just going to scroll down to see because I did not answer your question yet. I forget what you asked. Um, I was just sharing some basic... Oh, you, you asked how much time I spend weekly. Um, so I did not get to technology yet um, in terms of um, whatever other questions are here. I did answer um, Nicola's question in terms of like, what are the simplest tools that I can use to get started? Um, so let me know if you have a specific like equipment technology question um, in terms of like, I mean, my mic's right here. I use, what is it even called? The, the Blue Yeti mic, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty common, um, you see a lot of podcasters with it, and they have it in, in a bunch of colors, so you can match your brand and everything. Um, so let me know if you have any specific um, equipment or tech um, questions. What I had shared for Nicola's question, which was um, Nicola, Nicola's question, um, was basically what are like the simplest tech tools that you can use to get started, and I shared that you can use your phone, a voice note app, your your headphones, you can hold it so that the, um, the microphone's stable, so that the sound level is stable. Um, I just recorded a couple of podcast episodes like that the other day, um, and it was super great sound. Um, microphone, so yeah, like I have the Blue Yeti microphone. Um, it's about $100. There is a, um, oh, I'm like <laughs> trying to watch you behind me, thank you. Um, there is a, I think it's called the Snowball. So it's by the same company. It's Blue Yeti um, company. Um, but it's the Snowball mic. And it's like this cute little round mic. And it's about 50 bucks. So that's like a more affordable version. Um, but honestly, yeah, you can do your phone. Like what, I mean, I have an iPhone. And I literally just use the Voice Note app. And like I said, I use the headphones. Um, if you caught... My episode that I just released yesterday, like that was recorded on my phone. <laughs> so yeah, like it it can really like the having equipment um, is is definitely not like it it seems like it should be a bigger deal, but it's really not. Um, and if that's something that like you know for anyone listening, anyone watching. Um, if that's something that you're like, I want to start a podcast, but I, I'm not, you know, I can't get the equipment right now. Um, then, you know, listen to the beginning where I shared some other, other free tools and stuff, but yeah, you can totally get started with your phone. Um, are all of these programs equally forgiving when it comes to not having a sound room? Um, and I know Merritt was just talking about, yeah, she was, she was just saying, um, asking if you have a walk-in closet so the programs are you talking about like the editing software I'm assuming that's what you mean um so I mean there is a in my editing software and I assume most of them there is something called like de-echo or something like that so if you're in a room that's kind of echoey like you can edit that out so that it it doesn't sound so echoey um but there's simple things like Merritt said like you can sit in your closet um you can sit in your car 
right? Like I, I just sit in my room. Like this is, again, this is at my mom's right now. Um, but I just sit in my bedroom, right? Like we have carpeted floors, um, but I don't do anything special in terms of sound. Um, so yeah, does that, does it answer your question, Merit, or not Merit, Mary, let me know. Um, and Merit, Merit said, there's also a question of what's the focus. I see a lot of podcasters making themselves the focus, but isn't the focus your audience that needs? I'm not sure what that was addressing exactly. Also a question of what's the focus. Are you talking about the name? Maybe that's what you're talking about. Let me know. That, that question confuses me. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm going to keep going down. Just let me know. Um, what platform hosts your podcast? Am I asking the questions right? Yes. You're asking great questions, Monica. Um, I use Podbean. Um, it is about $14 a month. I pay, you know, you always save if you pay annually. I just pay monthly. Um, I chose that platform because they have, I mean, all the platforms have similar features. There are a few, I think I want to say Buzzsprout. Um, has something where you can pay a couple bucks extra and they've got some sort of editing software that you can use in their website or some setting or something. Um, so there are little things, but overall podcast hosting platforms are pretty similar. Um, I use Pod Podbean, like I said, and I switched over because I started with Anchor and I realized that some of the SEO um, stuff was not available in Anchor. I still recommend that as, as a great option if you're like, I just want to do something free. You do lose your stats when you move over, which really bugs me <laughs> because I have to go and like check Anchor. And because I'll still get a few, I don't know how people are still listening maybe directly through the Anchor page um, just because I left it up because it's a free platform. But I'll have to like take the downloads number from there and then add it to my Podbean. So that's that's something to consider, um, but it's still a great free option um, for just getting started if you're not concerned about um, having the keywords and stuff in your podcast. Um, that's definitely like when I realized that this podcast was something that that A, I totally loved and I wanted to stick with and I don't see going anywhere, but then B, I was serious about it, right? Like I really wanted to put the time and energy into setting up the stuff like the keywords to make it search friendly so that, you know, people can organically find me. That's when I um, decided to switch over. And I know Merit uses Libsyn and a lot of podcasters use that too. Love that you guys are answer asking more questions. The focus question, yes, was about naming. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's interesting. I was just thinking about this yesterday because there are definitely, there's like, bigger shows like um I don't know if you guys are familiar with Haley oh my gosh I can't even remember her last name right now she has a podcast called Hey Haley basically um I can I, I'm also thinking about um Angie Lee if you guys are familiar with her she rebranded her podcast it used to be called Millionaire in Sweatpants or something like that um and she rebranded it to call call it the Angie Lee show um, so that's an interesting pattern with um, just bigger names, right? Because people are searching for them, like because they're a more of like a household name in the entrepreneur world. Um, I am I am not at that level, <laughs> so I don't ever plan on naming my show the Natalie Arndt Show. Um, do people have to have Podbean to listen to you? That's a great question. No. So whatever podcast host platform that you choose, it will help you like push your podcast out to the different um, places that you can listen. 
Um, so basically like no matter where you host, like, you know, th there's the, the audio files are basically housed in whatever website you choose, whether it's Podbean or Anchor or Libsyn or Buzzsprout or there's other options out there. Those are the ones I can think of offhand. So that's like where your audio files are stored and they create something called an RSS feed. Um, and so that's where like when you're going to Apple Podcasts, when you're going to Google Play, um, Amazon has a podcast thing now. I don't think I've submitted my podcast there yet. Um, but all those different podcast places and there's smaller websites too. Um, they're basically like pulling in the RSS feed, um, but it's all coming from your podcast host. Um, so yeah, let me know if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, so this is a great point, Merit. So Merit uses Libsyn and she said it, the price is based on how much you upload each month. Um, and you can go up or down if you take time off or scale up later, um, which is a very great point. The, the host that I use, um, again, Podbean, is um, uh, a flat fee. So I chose that for simplicity, but Merit brings up a great point in terms of, like, if you do, uh, and this is a whole other thing, not trying to bring up more questions, um, but if you choose to do seasons like Merit does, I don't. I just do podcasts every week um, for the foreseeable future. I like doing it that way. But Merit does seasons. And so like if she's not, if she, you know, doesn't put out any new podcast episodes, obviously she's going to downgrade because she's not um, uploading podcast episodes. Um, I just like the flat fee. It just made it easy for my decision fatigue. when <laughs> I was like, what do I choose? And I was actually in a podcasting mastermind over the summer, which was um, awesome and kind of made my brain explode with all things podcasting. And um, that was the platform that the person that I was learning from uses. So that's what I just went with because I didn't have to think about, um, you know, I like to up uh, upload bonus episodes. I like to do longer interviews that are, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. I don't need to worry about going over a limit and, you know, having to pay more because of that. All right. Yeah, Merritt said soft things in your room on your floor will help. Um, let's see here. Um, oh, how many guests should I have on my show each month? Um, I'm just realizing it's already been 40 minutes. Oh my goodness. I'm going to plow through these questions as fast as I can. Okay, so how many guests should you have on your show each month? This is a great question. Um, it comes back to what you want to do, right? Um, I actually think that having more guests is a really great option. Like, again, if you like doing guest interviews, if you feel like you're more comfortable doing solo episodes, that's totally fine. Um, there's no wrong or right. You don't have to have a certain pattern for, you know, doing, uh, or you don't have to have a certain ratio is what I'm trying to say for like guest interviews to solos, right? Like it's, it's whatever you want, basically. Um, but like I shared earlier, what I am going to be implementing, and I've already kind of started doing this, is um, doing a max of two guest interviews a month. Um, I might even go down to one guest interview a month um, in 2021. I'm not quite sure yet. Um, I just know that I want to do more solo episodes. Like I'm running into the issue of like there's all these things I want to talk about, and then I have to upload them as bonus episodes and um and I totally love doing guest interviews, but like I said, it, it does take more time. Um, and so that's, that's something to consider is, do you want to put in that extra time to do the guest interviews? Um, 
Merritt's show is primarily guest interview based and she does have does sprinkle in more solo episodes um seems like you've been doing more recently um so yeah it's it's totally up to you um okay so do ratings and reviews matter and you guys Merritt Merritt taught me something new this morning <laughs> because apparently they don't um, which I found very fascinating because, like I said, I was in a podcasting program over the summer, and I was even taught then with this podcaster who, I mean, she's amazing, um, and she's got this huge podcast, and I feel like it's just a very common myth if if most people don't know this because I have not heard this before, but apparently your ranking, which totally makes sense logically, is based off of your subscribers. Um, so... Asking the question, do ratings and reviews matter? I'm going to say no in the sense that I think because that's what I was thinking too, I was tying ratings and reviews to my podcast ranking in terms of how high it shows up in the results, how easy it is for new women to find the show and benefit, right? Because that's my heart behind like, I love hearing from you guys. Don't get me wrong. If you want to leave a rating and review, I totally love that and totally love to hear it. Um, but basically what they're, what they're good for is social proof, right? Because it's, it's hearing from your audience, first of all. So it gives you a great way, um, especially if you don't have, like, I have this Facebook group so I can hear from you guys, but if you don't have a group for your podcast and you want to hear from your listeners, like that's a great way to do it. Um, but it does serve as social proof. And so, especially when you're like, when you're a podcaster and you are, um, doing podcast interview swaps. You can't really gauge like the size or the listener base of a podcast other than going to see their ratings and reviews. And if they have a similar uh, amount of ratings and reviews and stuff as you, then you can you can take a pretty good guess that they're they're a similar size podcast as yours in terms of um, you know being being a good fit and being like within reach to do a, a podcast interview swap um, pretty easily. So I found that very interesting, and I, I literally just learned that this morning when Merritt uh, sent me a message about that. Um, let me just look at the comments here. Will we be talking about doing seasons versus not in the podcast program? Yeah, we definitely will. Um, we're going to – I mean, there's so many questions with podcasting. We're going we're gonna, to um, cover everything we can think of, and that's why – that's why we chose to do it this way and have this beta round um, because I did something similar with the membership and I loved it in that aspect of like, you know, you're getting live feedback and, and helping real live people as you're creating this thing. So it helps you think of questions that um, you might not remember that you had in the beginning, right? Um, maternity leave was my inspiration for doing seasons. Ah, that makes sense, Merit. Um... Yeah, and exactly. If your guests are open to sharing your episode with them, then it's a great way to go grow your audience. And that's why, you know, when you are starting your podcast, like when you can bring on guests, it does help you boost your um, boost your podcast, boost your listeners and your downloads because, um, you know, you're sharing audiences with someone, even though you're having them on your audience, right? Like it's not you going out and and getting visible somewhere else, they're coming to you, but they're then, of course, going to share, hey, I was on this podcast, and then people come on over and listen. 
that feels refreshing that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I was thinking of that was a lot of pressure on a newbie like me. Yeah, and you know what? It's so interesting because, like like I said, it makes logical sense that the algorithm of um, Apple Podcasts, which I know is kind of the big one, um, but just in general, like that they base it off of how many people are actually listening to the podcast, right? Like subscribing and downloading and listening because it makes sense. Like, you know, um, otherwise it's kind of like artificially, like someone could have a really small listener base and I don't know, pay someone to do a bunch of reviews, right? Or do a giveaway. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing a giveaway. Um, it's kind of quasi ethical to pay people to leave reviews. I'm pretty sure that's that's um, against terms and conditions or something. But um, if you do a giveaway and you get a bunch of reviews, right, like that doesn't necessarily mean that your show's got a big listener base. Um, so it, it's just, it's a logical way to do it. I was just kind of mind blown because, I mean, every show you listen to, including mine, um, has a message in there about, you know, if you leave a rating or review, it helps more women find the show. So I will be taking that out and changing it. Um, now that I know that, but I, I just found that so fascinating and it does take the pressure off. You're right. Um, oh, you, you learned about it last week. Okay. See, we're, see, we're all learning. Okay. Let me see what other questions are here. Um, how often should I do episodes? Um, this is a great question. I would say what you can realistically commit to doing consistently. Um, so ideally, Weekly podcast episodes are awesome. Um, and again, remember, I feel like I was just talking about this on a recent podcast episode. Do what you can commit to. Um, and if you can do something weekly, even if it's a shorter episode, I feel like that is ideal just because once a week is great for, um, you know, like getting regular fresh content out to your audience um, and really helping them and you know you get all the benefits of you get confidence and you gain clarity as you share about your area of expertise um you're able to talk about things from a different angle right um and so it just gives you practice from that sense too um but again what you can commit to so if you could do one 10 minute episode every single week or even a five minute episode every single week that's awesome um if you want to ease yourself in i know people who did this where they um, started doing one podcast episode a month and then they bumped it up to two podcast episodes a month, like bi-weekly. And then they started doing weekly. I know podcasts where they do two episodes a week. Um, so it really comes back to what can you realistically do um, consistently? What can you commit to? Um, Monica had asked how much time do you spend weekly? Um, I kind of answered that before, um, basically one to two hours. It depends on solo versus guest episode. Jennifer asked, who edits them and do you batch record? I do not batch record as often as I nearly should. Um, I did just the other day. And after I did that, I was like, wow, I should do that more often. It's one of those things of like with anything batching related, um, batching tasks, um, you know, in your schedule, like, my brain knows that that is, um, you know, better in the sense of my productivity. And then also just, you know, it, it helps me like when I'm in the zone of like podcasting and talking and I'm getting ideas, like it's so much easier to record versus 
there's some weeks where I'm like, man, I really do not feel like recording an episode right now, but I need to get it out. And so I need to record it. Right. And then that's not so much fun. Um, so there's so many reasons why, um, why I'm definitely going to be doing that more often. Um, and who edits them? I edit my podcast episodes myself still. Um, Merit outsources them. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, that's that in terms of editing. Um, and then the last question here, and then I see your question, Monica. Um, what's been your favorite and least favorite parts? Um, this is an awesome question. My favorite parts... Um, actually, I'm going to start with my least favorite parts of podcasting are when basically I don't have my act together, right? So the benefits of podcasting, like of being able to schedule things out um, to create more margin for yourself, basically, because, you know, it doesn't require you being live, um, you know, that whole side of it is awesome. <laughs> but when you don't have your act together like me, where I am recording at the last minute or I haven't outlined my podcast episode yet. And so I'm kind of scrambling to do that. And like I said, um, you know, I don't always feel like recording stuff, right? And again, that's the beauty of being able to batch record and then push these episodes out because I could batch record when I'm feeling super productive and inspired and then it's fine. But when I don't do that and then it's Sunday night or Monday morning and I need to get the podcast episode out for that day and it feels like something that I have to do, um, I would say that's probably my least favorite part. And honestly, that just comes down to my own disorganization or just, you know, we've been moving for like a month now. Um, so just things going on. Um, my favorite part, I would say, okay, there's two things that come up. My two of my favorite things are one, all the amazing women that I've been able to talk to. So like I said, I love doing guest interviews because I love having conversations and talking about stuff, you know, related to faith and business and mindset and, and the struggles and the, you know, the mindset junk that happens inside our head and how it relates to showing up and being yourself online. So I love those conversations so much. Um, I also love just seeing how, the words that come out of my mouth have impacted people, right? In terms of, you know, there's there's the two sides of it of like, wow, I actually have something important to say. Um, and people actually want to listen to me. But but when women will actually reach out to me and say like, you know, someone that I've usually never had a conversation with, I've gotten emails, I've gotten messages on Facebook um, of women telling me that they, you know, they totally love this one specific episode or they've been listening and it's just like, it just makes me so happy because that's at the end of the day, like that's why I started the podcast is to, to help women, right? I'm not just talking to myself in my microphone. I want to actually talk to people um, and make a difference, right? And I, I, think, I think about the podcast that I regularly listen to and how connected I feel to that podcast host and how much I appreciate them, right? And um, it just means the world when someone actually takes the time to reach out um, and say, how the podcast is impacting them. All right. And Monica had another question. Merit says, yes, I love guest interviews with like-minded women. I learned so much from my guests. Yes. And a lot of my guests have turned into friends or I've referred people to them. Um, so it's, it's really fun. 
Uh, Monica says, I go live in my group once a week. What are your thoughts about using the same content for a podcast? I do it all the time. I'm going to be repurposing this conversation right now (laughs) as a podcast, um, as a bonus episode. Um, I do it a lot. Um, I, I just think it makes sense, right? Like, you know, we need to work smarter, not harder. And in terms of like creating valuable content, um, I am trying to repurpose as much as I possibly can. So like there's posts, simple Facebook posts that I've put out earlier this week that I was actually like, you know what, I'm going to make that into a podcast episode. Um, There have been many Facebook lives that I have then just pulled the audio from and uploaded it as a either a regular, um, my regular weekly podcast episode or as a bonus episode, just because, you know, the conversation was valuable and it's going to benefit them. And rather than re-recording the conversation um, and missing out on specific things that I said in there, you know, it just makes sense to repurpose it. Can I podcast and go live at the same time? You absolutely can. Yes. So if you have, that's a great question. So many great questions. Um, if you pull up and I've never actually done this just because like I said, I do what I do and I, I save, you know, after the live video is done, I click the three dots and I download the video and then I just drag and drop it into my software and I can literally just like, it shows me on two different tracks, like the video and the audio and I just delete the video. Um, but you can totally do that. So you can like pull up your live video and get that ready to go. You can have your, um, your podcast software. Actually, you know what? I'm wondering if you can do that from your computer. You can definitely do it from your phone. I want to say I'm not totally sure if you could do that to your computer. And I merit, I'm not sure if you've done this before. Let me know if you have. Because um, I'm just realizing, I'm like, I don't know if the mic would get confused if you're like using your mic for the live video and then also from your computer. But what you could do for sure is you could set up your phone for your live video and then have your mic um, and your editing or your recording software open on your computer and recording um, and do it that way um, so that you get the high quality audio. But like I said, the way that I do it, just because it's less steps for me as I'm live and I have have the live video plugged into my external mic um, so that it's my good microphone. I hope that made sense. (laughs) Um, She does ask good questions. All right. Let me see if there's anything else. Um, I think I got them. Um, Oh, actually, there's there's two more. And I'm going to answer these quickly. And then I've got to hop off because I've got a call. Um, So one was, how will I make money from podcasting? Um, there is really two routes and this is another thing that we're going to cover is you can be an affiliate for people. Um, the easiest to actually make good money is to just promote your services, right? Um, be strategic about, um, you missed what, what was the question? I'm not sure what you're talking about, Merit. Um, oh, you missed the question. What was I asking? I was just asking if you have ever, um, gone live and recorded at the same time. Um, but I think I already answered it because I'm pretty sure tech wise, like the microphone would get confused and I don't think that's possible. You'd have to go live from your phone and then record on your computer at the same time. Cause you could definitely do that. Um, so I can answer my own question. So real quick, uh, like I said, you know, being strategic about how to make money from it, you can, um, 
you know, do episodes that are related to what you do so that it's just a natural extension of, hey, if you want more, if you want to work with me, here's my services, right? Um, That's how most people make money from podcasting. Um, And then how do I know if I'm any good at this? Is it number of subscriptions, downloads? What if it's only my mom listening? (laughs) And it does come down to, um, uh, yeah, subscriptions in terms of, and, and I don't believe um, me and Merritt were talking about this and Merritt needs to run. That's totally fine, Merritt. Um, I don't know if there's a way to see your subscriptions. I would totally love, um, to find that out. Um, but what, what you look at, right. To know, like, how do I know if I'm any good at this, um, is the downloads, right. And when they say downloads, it's if someone listens on any, anywhere. So if you have your podcast episode embedded in a blog post, like I do, if they listen there, that counts. Um, if they listen on Spotify or Google play or any random website or Apple podcast that counts as download. Like you don't have to literally download the episode to your phone, um, for it to count towards that statistic. So that's what you watch to know. How do I know if I'm any good at this? Um, so that is all the questions. Oh my goodness. (laughs) This is jam packed. This is so much fun though. Um, I'm going to hop off because I've got to jump on a coaching call. If you guys have any other questions, please drop them in the comments and I will definitely circle back to answer them. Um, And just a reminder that the doors do close on Friday. So if you wanted to join me and Merit um, and, you know, get your podcast launched in 2021, we would totally love to help you. Um, I will put that link in the comments that you can um, jump in and sign up. It is natalieart.com slash podcast beta. So if you're thinking about it, if you know that the podcast is the right thing for you to do, we would love to help you um, really get that podcast into the world. All right, guys, I will talk to you soon. Bye.